Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Have you got a mentor or are you the mentee? Do you have somebody either professionally or personally who has your back? We've put this to the test a few times at Funny Women with both comedy and business mentoring and somewhere in between. My two guests met each other in 2013 when we challenged business men to perform stand-up comedy mentored by women. Shocking. Welcome, one of those men, Andy Lapata, and his comedy mentor, Lucy Frederick. Hi, both of you. Hello. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Reunited. Hi. Is it good to be back <laughs> together again? Lovely. Yes. <laughs> I've still got the scars. (laughs) (laughs) So, Andy, I'm delighted to have you with us. Uh, You have specialised in professional business relationships and networking for over 20 years. Andy was described as one of Europe's leading business networking strategists by the Financial Times and a true master of networking by The Independent and Forbes. Andy is a very experienced international speaker. I'm basking in his glow. He's author of five books, a master of the pithy media quote. Andy is a fellow and a former board member of the Professional Speaking Association for UK and Ireland and one of its 26 honoured recipients of the Award of Excellence. He is also a fellow of the Learning and Performance Institute and master of the Institute for Sales Management. Honours, fellowships, mastery. Andy, you are truly public speaking royalty. But how did you get on as a stand-up comedian back in 2013? Well, I haven't been on Live at the Apollo just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was was an interesting experience. I actually did two... two stand-up comedy sets uh, in 2013. So the first one uh, was Funny Women Challenges the Men. And then I, I did a set at the uh, the Professional Speaking Association annual convention oh, yes. at, at Old Trafford. So my second performance was at <laughs> Old Trafford. I thought that's quite, quite good. That's so pretty I good. I haven't made Wembley Stadium. <laughs> I've made Old Trafford. <laughs> Brief but memorable comedy career, Andy. I think it's brilliant. Yes. So my next guest is the lovely Lucy Frederick, comedian, writer and character actor, most recently seen as Myra Dubois' sister, Rose Lavender, on Britain's Got Talent and the hit online show A Problem Shared. I met Lucy through the Funny Women Awards and I'm a great fan of her brilliant, honest and poignant narrative style, much of which has informed a run of shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Lucy won a scholarship to the prestigious East 15 Acting School and her written work has been performed at Off West End Theatres, has been published on our very own Funny Women website and in The Guardian. Welcome, Lucy. And what was it like to mentor Andy? Oh, it was a, a delight, a real a, a real pleasure. <laughs> uh, it's got such a long time ago now. It seems like another life, doesn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, I think... Um, and also I think back... And I... When I think of my career now, I think of how I would do it differently now compared to what nearly eight years ago. Mm, I think it's longer, actually, or is it? Oh, I can't yeah, remember. Time, yeah, time goes by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we can't add up. We're in comedy. That's it. So um, I introduced you both in 2013. And to explain to our listeners, this was for a funny women challenge the men. This was a charity event that we ran because a bunch of men challenged us after we ran an event in 2012 for 10 businesswomen to perform stand-up to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Funny Women. Let us not forget. All the men were mentored by female comedians and there were very different outcomes. <laughs> now, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna I'm remembering. You, I'm remembering yes, now. <laughs> yeah, we are remembering. Your partnership, I did feel, worked particularly well and I'm assuming you've stayed in touch. You may not have done, but um, yeah. I felt that um, you worked really well together. So, Andy... How did your comedy mentorship work for you? I, it was great. I mean, I think that without that, um, I, I dread to think <laughs> what the outcome might have been. The, the reason I, I wanted to do stand-up comedy was my day job is most people's biggest fear or one of the biggest fears. So I needed to push the, that boundary a little bit and face a bit of the fear myself, which I do get nerves when I'm speaking, particularly big gigs, but I needed to go into the unknown a little bit more. Uh, and I also felt, uh, very importantly, that the skills that stand-up comedy would give me would uh, sharpen my general speaking. I think it's really easy, and I'm a big stand-up fan, I think it's really easy to not see the craft behind it uh, particularly the performance craft it's easier to see the writing craft the honing craft uh, than perhaps the performance craft and the differences there and without the mentoring yeah I, I, I'm glad I had it let's put it that way and Lucy was great <laughs> so Lucy was he a good student very good yeah very studious I remember <laughs> uh, uh, yeah and keen and kind of keen to get it right I think it's a really hard thing to mentor as well um, anything mm. like that anything kind of arts or kind of creative is hard to mentor because it's so personal um, you know and it's aside from giving you jokes which I think is not was never the idea you know to, to just give you jokes about you know to in your stuff I think um you know it was just giving the tools to be able to write the stuff from from yourself from your own mind from your own soul um <laughs> and um yeah I think I'd say I, I think I would do it differently now but I but I think it was a learning experience for both of us certainly how important has mentorship been to you throughout your comedy and writing career I I don't know. I don't think I've made use of enough of that sort of thing it, within comedy because I think it does exist. I think it is there, and I I don't think I um I made enough use of it really uh, in terms of making use of my. I mean, I obviously went through the funny women process, and that was extremely useful and really um kind of warm and and all of these things. Um, but I don't think I made enough use of my of kind of peer support I suppose is what it more more is um you know because I, I when I first went up to the fringe which is just after we met I you know went up totally blind didn't really have good friends in the industry I sort of just was finding my way and I think <laughs> I, I, I I should have waited and talked to people and made friends and you know and kind of made use of the knowledge that was out there and I didn't I think that's the thing about mentorship. It's got a it's got a lovely label, but it it's comes in many different guises. Andy, what does it mean to you in a business perspective? Do you have a mentor, Andy? Yes, I have a mentor. Uh, I, I have had both 
formal and informal mentors over the course of the years. And I, I've also mentored other people. It's a core part uh, of my business offering. So in fact, this morning I was mentoring two clients. Um, yeah. So for me, it's absolutely essential. It's the core of what I teach. Are you mentoring them for public speaking or just business comms generally? No. Uh, so the mentoring that I do commercially will be around professional relationships. So these clients are focused on how they can build strong relationships with clients that are hard to access. And we look at their challenges and how to get around that. I also voluntarily mentor occasionally one or two people at a time who are at the start of their speaking journey. But that would be there will be elements of being a better professional speaker um, there. But it's more about the speaking business and running a speaking business. I'm not a, a presentation skills trainer. I have once or twice mentored senior executives on their professional speaking or their public speaking, but it's not a core part of what I do. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. I think, Lucy, what you said earlier about not writing jokes for people is really key, because I think one of the things we've learned all of us about public speaking or comedy is it's very personal to us. Um, for example, your Edinburgh shows are very autobiographical. Yeah, I think the good comedy is is very honest and truthful and and personal. I think um, uh, it's interesting what Andy said about uh, not seeing the craft in stand up. I think that's a uh, a general, a much more general problem. Um, in even down to the fact that we're often left out of uh, arts council funding because we're not seen as an art form. I think that's changing now, but it, we haven't historically been seen as an art form. Um, and I think it's because it looks like chatting <laughs> yes it looks effortless when it's good doesn't it sure. that's the point like that's anything. the point yeah yeah i mean the arts council is very interesting because some of us have benefited from the cultural recovery fund and uh, that has been life-changing for certain organizations certainly it has been for funny women but you know we've we've used that opportunity very much to mentor and support other women in our community um but yeah i think that whole point about comedy being seen as a as a serious thing pardon the dreadful analogy uh is is still plagues us to a certain extent don't you think lucy sure yeah i think it's an it's an art form um and it isn't you're right it's not seen often as as sort of um and i think there's all sorts of classist reasons for that it's not theater it's not yeah. dance it's you know and i think there's so i think there's stuff there which is i don't know enough to comment on particularly especially as a nice white middle class lady um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but i'm sure that's a that's a big part of it i think that i'd like to say i think that's changing i know a couple of uh, businesses who have received similar funding and and are using it well you know women in the industry mm. as well mm. uh so uh, so yeah i think um i in terms of the mentoring, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a funny one. It's an interesting one, and I think there's no, there's never really been. I'm aware of a formal mentoring system within our industry, but then we've we've never even had a union up until quite <laughs> no, recently. No. So if I can just come in on that as well, from my experience in terms of uh, mentoring in comedy, um, I, I think that one of the things that I learned from the the funny women challenge was I didn't test my jokes out. So Lucy and I went through them. 
but for everyone else around me they were my prized secret and if you if you want to hear the jokes you have to come to to the show and my nieces were were, were they would have been early teens then i would think uh early mid-teens and i wouldn't tell them the jokes and i think that impacted the set because it wasn't as refined as it could be when i did the the, the one later that year i went for dinner with two friends of mine who both do stand up and I ran jokes past them and they helped me hone them further. So I think that having those different stages and having those different sounding boards makes a huge difference. As Lucy said, Lucy enabled me to write the material and was that initial sounding board. But to have that additional sounding board divorced from that process where you can test the material is absolutely key. And I'm sure that the, the many top comedians will do the same. And in fact, that's why, you know, I've been to a number of live comedy sets where people like Milton Jones, for example, are testing their material and with a notepad going, yep, that, that one didn't work and that, you know, scratch that one off and, and so forth. So that's a form of mentoring as well, because a mentor is a sounding board. Yeah. And, and I think that, yes, there's the business aspect and Lucy's comments about going to Edinburgh blind the first time is a great example of the business type of mentoring someone who's been there before can share their experience and you don't make the same mistakes as them there's also that sounding board element i mean it's it's a call to work in progress and i think we that's a great phrase for any mm. of us who are also working in business because if you're putting a presentation together you for a client or whatever you're going to you know, if you're sensible, you practice it, you run through it, you, you know, I think there's an God awful lot. Power, Sorry, God, for, God forbid the PowerPoint, but you know, sometimes you've got to run through it and make sure it all works. Sorry, Lucy. No, I was going to say, I think there's an awful lot of uh, new material nights on a Monday in London now considering <laughs> themselves uh, mentor status. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we should set something up. Um, I, I do think it is a glib phrase and, and, we shouldn't underestimate the value of it. But in business, there is a certain level of commercialization that goes on. So where does the business part of it begin? Andy, you, you know, you're working with clients, you're a professional public speaker. How can we make it so that it's sort of how can we how can we give back? I mean, you, you said you already work with a couple of people as a kind of uh, on a voluntary basis i do that as well um how can we how can we pay it forward well i think there's there's two approaches to mentoring from from a business perspective uh number one is large organizations typically in my experience don't get it right oh. so the mentoring program is often set up by someone uh, and then left there. You know, I talk to a lot of organisations, they don't know it exists or the mentor register is out of date or people aren't matched in the right way. I've, I've just worked with a major multinational, um, their, their Asian region, on setting up their mentoring programme and gone through step by step why are you doing this? What's the mentor going to get out of it? What's the mentee going to get out of it? How are you going to match the right people? Who makes this decision? Because this isn't thought through. Someone in HR or someone running the women's network says, we need some mentoring. Does anyone want to volunteer? So it needs to be more strategic thought around it and, and a lot more thinking about the different elements of putting it together. I think that's what should happen in a bigger organisation. 
there are quite a few networks now of my, that I belong to that are setting up formal mentoring programs uh, and I think they're pretty successful but they're run by people giving up their time for free and people you know the organization is offering it out to their members but I do think there is another level which is what you're talking about with you know large organizations talking to people like all of us not you know who have different skills that could be part of that process and certainly I've I've I think a lot of what we do at Funny Women uh, is sort of team building or whatever but it's another form of mentorship absolutely and as you know as we said earlier i've got clients that bring me in to mentor specifically on professional relationships and they'll pay me you know for that as yeah. a commercial offering and, and i think it's another way for providers like us to offer our services i think there's too many boxes you're a professional speaker or you're a consultant yeah. or you're a this or you're a that I'm none of those things and all of those things. I'm a subject matter expert, and however I deliver that expertise is what's suitable, what's appropriate for the client. And it will often involve speaking, training, and mentoring, because mm. that's, that, for me, that's the three stages of learning. You, you inspire people to want to learn more and to want to change something. You then equip them with the ability to do so, and then the mentoring is enabling them them to embed that learning over a period of time so that works really well for me so yeah companies should be doing that and, and i think uh, individuals like us or small businesses like ours need to be thinking a little bit more broadly about what we do and not pigeonholing ourselves into just one type of delivery This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. Lucy, in the world of comedy, uh, one of the main income streams other than box office and getting wonderful tv deals and advertising being cast in a big advertisement <laughs> is is that intersection with with um business and we found running quite successful programs where we take people like yourself into companies and interact with i was gonna say real people <laughs> sounds like comedians aren't real people but you know it's that it's that ability to mix it up and I I wonder what your view of that was because I think it's you know we've got all this amazing talent out there brilliant yourself you write you can act you can perform uh, why aren't creative industries you know like big advertising agencies and that coming to people like us to cast and write and develop stuff have you any thoughts on that I mean partly I think there's just an awful lot of us I think there are a lot of very creative <laughs> and brilliant people out there and 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 you know people are the people who are doing it are often very good at what they do i think um i do think that you know comedians and performers have got a lot to bring to these sort of things we tend to be really confident communicators we tend to be quite um 
quite sort of sensitive to nuance and things like that. Um, so I, I also run a business as well as my, uh, as well as being a stand up. I run a stained glass business with, um, oh, wow. yeah. So I was with my, with my partner. Um, and uh, it's a really, it's interesting because it's not a world I've been a part of apart from, you know, through funny women and, and being, you know, part of it. And it's a very small business and, and we, we have maybe five employees. We're very, we're, we're not exactly, um, you know, big time. Uh, but it's been really interesting in terms of communication with customers and things like that and, and looking at our competition and how people, you know, how people communicate. And I think, um, you know, I see a lot of, because I initially thought I had no skills to bring to the business <laughs> because my other half has worked in that area he's he basically worked sold doors before that beautiful doors but doors um so you know very much in, in that area and when we started the business together I thought I had nothing to bring but actually I found that a lot of my skills um so I'm quite organized because I've always had to do my own taxes and my own diary and things like that so I had those skills I I bought which which are skills that you wouldn't necessarily immediately sort of a sign with being a performer if that makes sense and I had but I had those skills I'm I'm a really I'm a really good communicator you know I'm not the best but I'm really good at that and I'm good good in a written way as well so I'm good at I found that I was quite good at selling by emails and things like that so I think um there are skills involved with being doing the job that I do that are transferable or you that, that you wouldn't necessarily imagine does that make sense I think that's really interesting, and I didn't know about the stained glass business. So we will make sure you give it a massive plug at the <laughs> end of the at the end of the pod. But yeah, I do think that transferable skills thing is important. And I think when you're a comedian, you're almost like a one one woman business because you have to do everything yourself. And Andy's the same, except that he's punting out books and all sorts podcasts books uh, but that's all part of it isn't it it's about your resourcefulness and and you know going back to the theme of mentorship what can what message are we giving to people you know you've got to go out and you've got to do everything or do you just take one little bit of it Andy how do you make it sort of accessible and bite-sized for people you're working with well, it will be very, it, it really depends on what someone's looking for and what they need. So you can be a general business mentor, and, and that's probably in the business world, uh, the more uh, experienced, the more often experienced version of mentoring. You find someone who's been there and done it and will show you the way. So whatever problem or challenge comes up, they've got an answer. The specialized mentor, which is how I would look at what I do. Uh, I, I think is rarer. It's not how mentoring is often seen. You've then got to distinguish between mentoring and coaching. Uh, so yes, I always say, yeah. I, I'll always say that a mentor is someone who's who, who's achieved what you're looking to achieve or has experienced that and shares their experience. Whereas a coach may have no experience of that world, but has the the, the skills to ask the right questions to help you find the solutions for yourself. And they will, well, I mean, they can be generalists or specialists as well. So uh, I, I think it really depends. You start with everything we do. You start from what someone is trying to achieve and then find the solution that fits. So 
if for example for example lucy found this this uh, new world i'm tempted to say that you know that opened a new door for you uh, in your career <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry painful boom tish uh, L- lucy didn't work with that on that joke with me in advance <laughs> and i didn't test it with anyone um but but lucy in in that business world with it which she hasn't experienced before or hadn't experienced before might benefit from a mentor who has run a small business mm. and would be able to say, well, when you're putting your tax returns together, you need to think about this. You need to talk to your accountant about that. You might want a bookkeeper for this and so forth. So I, I, I think that it's understanding what the goal is and then finding the, the support that fits. I, I think in the world of comedy as well, it is highly competitive and, and it seems it's, it's, it's never really openly talked about, um, which is a shame because I think we just need to be much more honest about the fact that everyone's chasing the, the, you know, chasing the dream joke or the best gig or the biggest audience or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, ev- everything is valid, whether it's a, a, a very early on gig with maybe 10 people in a cave at the fringe or live at the Apollo. You know, I think everyone has the same worries and fears about going on stage and you can learn so much from just talking to other people and ideally would like more of the women in particular obviously funny women who've really made it and have been really successful to just every now and then just take a little bit of time out and and talk to some of the the newer acts lucy's always been brilliant she's also an amazing I think officially a coach because you've run workshops and things with I know you've run your own and you've run some for us so I think there are a lot of women in our community who are really naturally good at the coaching I I was useful analogy but I think we do like I'd like to see more mentorship but I think I see it in business and I'd like to replicate it as well there seems to be something more friendly about a mentor than a coach yes it's a little exactly I think that's can, it. Is yeah, it? someone you can pick up the phone yeah. to and go. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do about this. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been it's been difficult, but the one thing that's great about online is that there is greater accessibility, and we've definitely done a lot more open nights, free for people just to come and chat because they want to be mentored in a in, in on a Zoom or whatever, and we've always done that. Um, with our sort of community events in different regions um but yeah you know that's i think again the business model and andy and i met through business networking uh i think we can learn great things from that and we should be taking it into all you know the creative industries in particular having said that lynn um you know we we both know a number of great role models uh, of senior women in business mm. who give back. Yes, but I've, I, I've spoken, huge amount, yeah. Uh, but I've spoken to so many women's networks in big corporates and, and a common complaint I've heard over the years is that once they've made it, a lot of their senior women don't give back enough. Exactly, yeah. I think it is happening, the, the negative stuff is happening in business as much as it is in the arts. Mm. This is veering a little bit away from mentoring, but I do think we have a problem in comedy and in the performing arts in general that we don't see ourselves as a business we don't see it as a workplace a lot of stuff has come out recently about the way women are treated on film sets on you know and in our industry in general um <clears throat> and i think that part of the problem with that is that we don't see ourselves we're so 
desperate to do the job because it's so vocational we think of ourselves as being yeah. very lucky very fortunate to be in the room and so we, you know we don't we don't see ourselves as a as a business as an, and as a, a proper workplace and we absolutely are um you know and so i think that's why those another reason why those things don't develop you know but we are we're a proper workplace we're in that's our place of work you know and and maybe that's why the abuse is allowed to happen absolutely and, yeah, of course, um, yeah yeah hot off the press our new charity partner is times up uk so um you know mainly because shared values uh, and we don't want to see women um abused in any shape or form in 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 the world of entertainment so and you know again and in business we don't want to see any abuse Anywhere. but we also right. need our male advocates like andy yeah. <laughs> so were you going to say something, Andy? Sorry. No, no, I was just saying anywhere. <laughs> uh, you don't want to see women or anyone abused anywhere. No, and it's about any, creating yeah. a society where that's, uh, yeah. A, that's not acceptable. And B, where people feel that they can turn. And this is where mentoring comes back in, where people who are in that position have someone to talk to. And that's, I think, where mentoring can make a big difference for women in performing arts. 100%. I think that's true. Yeah. I think that's particularly um, uh, relevant at the moment as well. So a really good comment. Well, our time is coming to an end. And uh, in as the podcast is called How to Have Fun at Work, I always ask my guests for a top tip on how they have fun at work. So I hope you've done your homework and prepared. <laughs> so I'll come to you first, Andy. I've tried to do my homework and prepare. Um, <laughs> I've thought hard about this. I love my work. I'm really lucky. I, 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 the weekends, I'm looking forward to Monday, which is really quite bizarre. Uh, and I've been in the opposite position where I've absolutely loathed what I do for a living. Um, so I think number one for me is be yourself. If you try and be someone you're not, the sheer effort and energy of putting on that mask every day is going to drag you down. Be yourself. Don't worry if people don't click with you. They're not the ones you're meant to be engaging with. Find people who get you, who understand you, and enjoy working with them. Uh, easier for some than others, and that's a quick version of it. There's obviously more nuance there, but I think authenticity uh, and being comfortable in your own skin has got to come before anything else if you're going to have fun with something that takes up such a large part of your life fantastic andy and lucy yeah what's your top tip well, absolutely mine is where possible work with people who you who, who make you laugh and are fun to work with obviously that's not always doable but my other thing is um is to say no learn <laughs> yeah. to say no to things that aren't that don't do it for you if something's not good money or good for your career or with brilliant people like if it's not two out of those three things then sack it off don't do it <laughs> can, can so I true can i share on that that there's a speaker called nigel risner who when he's talking to fellow speakers because we get asked to do stuff for free so much he, he has a very simple model and it's brilliant and it's fit fee or flee is it oh, i love it for me does it fit my values? Does it fit what I want to do? Are they paying me or I'm not doing it? The three Fs. I like that. I'd quite like to add a fourth one on actually. <laughs> but we... <laughs> so, um, Andy, where can we find you? What are you up to? 
Uh, the, the easiest place to find me is go to Linktree. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Andy Lapata. And so all my up-to-date links are there. Uh, if you, well, you're obviously a podcast listener. So your second podcast you listen to each week, <laughs> I would recommend the Connected Leadership Podcast, uh, which is my one, which is, focuses on the role of professional relationships for senior executives, particularly. And then my books are all available at, at Amazon and, and all good bookstores and some rubbish ones as well. <laughs> and Lucy? Um, so obviously on the social media, at Lucy Frederick on Twitter. Um, I'm about to do Brighton Festival. Um, I'm doing some shows there. Uh, if they, if, oh, But that's very soon. Um, I'm going on tour with Myra Dubois in September all over the country. Fantastic. Uh, I'm also getting married in September. Oh, what lovely news. And I hope you'll have lots of stained glass. Absolutely. Oh, you, there we Lucy. go. Yes. So uh, <laughs> when I'm not doing all of that and working at Art with Glass in Crystal Palace in London. So if anybody wants a beautiful stained glass window designed by my, my, my nearly husband, then that's where to go. <laughs> Oh, well, many congratulations. That's fantastic news. And I, I really hope you enjoyed being reunited, Absolutely. even if it is via the power of a podcast. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.